Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who swoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with princes of their people. He settles the barren woman in their home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. Psalm 113, NIV. Thank you for tuning in to the recorded service of McGregor EMC for May 31st, 2020. A big thank you to the youth group who helped out with the worship music this week and also helping out with the sound system and recording. The call to worship is a piece called God of the Living Church by Alfred H. Ackley. God of the Living Church, empower, thine ancient might reveal. Give wisdom for this crucial hour and in thy mercy heal. God of the Living Church, forgive, Renew, perfect, translate. In thee to be and move and live. Emmanuel, we wait. God of the living church, renew. Fresh vision now impart. And as we strive to live for you, sustain each faithful heart. God of the living church, we plead, bestow thy mighty power. Thy loving presence, Lord, we need to guide us in this hour. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for being with us through your Holy Spirit and for taking care of us in so many ways, including the people that are around us. Um, I pray that as we go through this week, you would help us to see how you are at work around us and in our own lives, and that we would continue to say yes to you in our hearts and that we would continue to follow you in the big and little things. Amen. The songs that we will be doing this morning are Blessed Be Your Name, Mighty to Save, In Christ Alone, and Build My Life. If you'd like to look up the lyrics to any of those songs, you can feel free to pause this recording and look up those lyrics so that you can sing along at home. Thank you. 
Let's bow now in a word of prayer. Our God, we come before you this morning on Pentecost, just in awe of you. Lord, when we look back to your word and we read the story of what happened on that day, we are just in awe, even all of these years later, of how far you were willing to go to Make sure that your church succeeds. Lord, with everything that we are, we thank you. With everything that we are, we love to see you. God, this morning, we come before you both in this awe, but also with matters of concern on our hearts as well. God, this Sunday is also Camp Sunday across Canada. And camp ministry is something that is close to our hearts. And this year in particular, camp ministry is something that is filled with uncertainties. In light light of the announcements that came down this past Wednesday about how overnight camps aren't going to be allowed this year, Lord, we pray for the camps in our area Circle Square comes to mind. So does Valley View as they try to find out how it is that they will move forward with the day camp model. Lord, we know that you are able to do all things. And Lord, we know that you are able to move mountains and speak to people in ways that never before would we ever have been able to think of happening. And God, we pray that you do that in this new day camp model as well. And in line with that, there's surely going to be a decrease in funding that's going to happen with the camps during this time. The bread and butter has always been the overnight camp, so to move to this new model, it's filled with uncertainty. But God, we see the great work that the camps in this area are doing, and Lord, we pray that you will speak to the hearts of those that have deeper pockets during this time and encourage them to give. These are great ministries, God, and we pray with everything that we are that they continue not only to make it through this time, but also to flourish as well. Because most of all, Lord, we know the great work that they do ministering to the unreached, to young people and families that in no other way, shape, or form do they come across the gospel message. God, this is something that is very pressing upon us. But we know that you are a God that can handle these things. So we put it in your hands. And God, in line with that, 
We also want to pray for the opening of our province. Every day we seem to get closer and closer to the time where things will finally open up, that we'll finally be able to see our friends and our family again, that it might have been so long since we have last seen. Lord, we pray that you will continue to be wisdom to everybody that is in the position of power, that they are making the decisions on how the opening will go. Lord, we also pray for all of the businesses that are looking forward to that day where they will be able to operate as they really want to again. We pray for all of our friends and family that are working around town that this applies to. God, we know that they are in your hands. But Lord, we also pray that you will set upon each and every one of us whatever needs to happen in order so that these people know how cared for they are as well. Lord, we bring each and every one of these things before you today. My God, we are in awe of you this Pentecost Sunday. We know that you can do all things. We know that you care for us, that you love us. So God, we are excited to see how you will build your kingdom during this time as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Precious blood. 
John 21, 1-22 Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter told them, and they said, We'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large amount of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The disciples followed in the boat, uh, towing the net of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, 
If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Good morning, McGregor EMC. Today is the day of prayer for camp, a day to help you get to know camp ministry more and to be equipped to pray strategically. Uh, this day is sponsored by InterVarsity, a group of camps that uh, I am part of with my camp, and also One Hope Canada, which is affiliated with Valley View. Uh, with this in mind, I asked Pastor Russell back in the winter if I could share with you today, but I had no idea that it would be to nobody except Dawson and the sound booth and Pastor Russell here. So I was really looking forward to meeting you. The truth is, every time I come through the doors of McGregor EMC, I experience joy. It happened when I came uh, here for a, a pastor's and camp director's prayer meeting, which brought me joy. And then in November, we did a fundraising banquet for our camp, Circle Square Ranch, and that was one of the best experiences I've had in Manitoba. Very joyful. And then today, as I came in, uh, you aren't here, but I saw a sign that said, uh, Behold, I am doing a new thing from Isaiah 43, 19. And this is a scripture that has really spoken to uh, me and my family and our camp staff uh, during these challenging days. And so that was so encouraging to see that uh, as I was greeted, uh, not by you, but by the signs coming in. So God is at work at McGregor EMC, and I'm glad to be part of it. So you can't see me. Uh, my name is Dan Ingram, and I'm about 41 years old, and I have a lot more gray hair than I did before I started as a camp director uh, four years ago. So that might give you a good sense. I'm about six feet, 180 pounds. Uh, so that's uh, sort of the specifics on me. Uh, I moved here with my, my wife, Danielle, who's also a director at the ranch, and our three kids, ages four, eight, and 11. Uh, we live on site at the ranch, which is about 25 minutes uh, south of here, with five other year-round staff members, 25 horses, and a donkey. And if you've not been to the ranch to see it, the ranch is 32 years old, has 480 acres of rolling sand hills along the Assiniboine River. It has a western town from the 1900s style for older kids, a teepee village for younger kids, a pool, a zip line, climbing wall, barns, and a train that goes between the two sites. It's all quite beautiful. Normally on this weekend, uh, we'd have about 150 people on site for a large retreat group and about 15 people for our staff team. And things would be bustling, action everywhere. But this year, all of our spring groups were canceled due to COVID-19. And today, uh, this is Wednesday that I'm here, uh, we officially canceled overnight camps for the summer of 2020. This was a very difficult and heavy day. It, made, it was clear because of phase two announced by the Manitoba government that overnight camps were not gonna happen in July and August. So we're quite devastated. All the memories of what happens in, in summer camp and especially in the evenings uh, have been flashing through our eyes and our minds uh, this week. So why is camp ministry so important? Why is it so devastating uh, that we won't be having camp this summer? along with all of our university camps, and uh, it seems like all of the Manitoba camps now. Uh, day camp is our only option, and uh, we are proceeding with hope. But why is this so important? Why does it matter? Well, to start, I'd like to talk from John 21. And this was read for you this morning, 
It's one of my favorite passages, and it's not just because I am from the Maritimes and I like fishing and water and things like that, but that is part of it. But it's also because of the way that Jesus chooses to engage with Peter through the outdoor experience that happens in John 21. In many ways, this reminds me of camp. Oh, and just as a slight aside, I found out that Manitoba is a maritime province. It says so on a plaque in the Manitoba Museum in Winnipeg. So that really helped me adjust as a Nova Scotia person planted in Manitoba. And this is all thanks to Churchill and the Arctic uh, connection with water. Anyway, back to my, my story. This passage in John 21 is the third resurrection appearance recorded in John's Gospel. And it reads like a review of the Gospels to me. It begins with Peter initiating a fishing expedition with his friends. And just like we saw in Luke 5, they fish all night and catch nothing. Whatever Peter had hoped would happen through this experience has not materialized. And as morning arrives, they likely would have been tired, hungry, and grumpy. Jesus chooses to appear to them at just that moment, saying, Children, you have no fish, have you? Now, how do you think this would have been received by Peter and the boys? Lacking all rationality, Peter encourages them to put the net on the other side, mere meters away from where they were before, and they bring in 153 fish. Now, why 153 fish? Well, many have speculated about the number. I think it's just a ridiculous number, and so, so abundant that they can't even bring it in. Peter, as always, is 10 out of 10 on the scale of enthusiasm. He jumps out of the boat and swims to Jesus. But before he does, he puts on some clothes. Now this makes no sense, right? Why does he do this? Well, nakedness was a sign of shame in that culture especially. And Peter clothes himself because he still has not been restored from the three shameful denials when Jesus was arrested. Peter arrives on shore and Jesus has initiated to make breakfast for them around a charcoal fire. Charcoal fire. We've seen this before, back when Peter uh, denied Jesus three times uh, when some servants asked him if he knew who Jesus was. So here's some of the review from the Gospels. Uh, Jesus is offering bread and fish. This is another reminder of the feeding the 5,000. Uh, Jesus' incredible power and abundant provision. Now after breakfast, Jesus is not going after Peter's shame, but instead he's about his restoration. And I really find it amazing that Jesus, the Son of God, made breakfast for his friends. This is the God we follow. So first, Jesus chooses to meet the disciples in an outdoor setting. Then he chooses to feed them breakfast on a fire. And so we already have a few ingredients of summer camp. We have the outdoors, we have a community setting, and good food offered in friendship. And I love that Jesus is so deliberate in choosing this context in order to meet with Peter and to restore him. Now, many summer camps will just have outdoor experience, community, and good food. But Christian camps have something much more. We have the opportunity for campers and staff to be absolutely transformed as they meet Jesus around a campfire. Just as Jesus met Peter and the boys around a campfire, so he does at camp with hundreds of campers and staff in ways that do not normally happen. 93% of people's time, according to studies, is spent indoors. 
So we spend 93% of our, our lives indoors. The camp is completely the opposite. Most of our time is spent outdoors. And this is where Jesus chooses to restore Peter. So what happens to, to Peter? He has his experience with the fish. He has breakfast. But Jesus is so intentional with him. He asks him three times, do you love me? Remember, Peter denied Jesus three times, and so Jesus offers Peter the same three questions for his restoration and forgiveness and healing. Now, you may know there are different words for love in the Greek, and we don't quite pick up on those in the English translation. Uh, for me, I always have a hard time remembering uh, which these words are. And so maybe for once, if I can teach this to you this morning, I can remember it for myself. So I'll keep it as simple as possible uh, for myself, and maybe you can remember this too. There are two words used here in the Greek. The first is phileo. It's a word for brotherly love. It's a friendship love. The second word used is agape. This is the sacrificial, unconditional love of God. So which of the two words is used and when? So to keep it really simple, uh, Peter uses the same word for love, phileo, every single time. But Jesus changes his words for love. So Jesus says to Peter, Do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? the love of God. And Peter says, you know that I phileo you. I'm your brother. I'm your friend. And that happens a second time. Jesus says to Peter, do you agape me? Peter says, you know that I phileo you. I'm your brother. I'm your friend. And the third time, Jesus changes his word from agape, unconditional love, to phileo, brotherly friendship love. Peter, do you phileo me? Do you love me as a brother and a friend? And this is when Peter is hurt. And he says, you know that I flee you. I, you know that I am your friend. I'm your brother. So why is the switch important? Well, I think this means that Jesus is focused so intently on helping Peter assess where he's at and his level of love for Jesus that Jesus is saying to him, are you even my friend? Okay, you say you're my friend. You say you're my friend. Are you even my friend? And Jesus has already defined friendship as something that a friend would do to lay down his life for another friend. So his understanding of what friendship is, is also agape, the unconditional, sacrificial love of God. So Peter clearly was not able to love Jesus as a friend, the way Jesus has defined friendship. And Peter clearly is lacking this agape love, this unconditional love of God. But Jesus is not condemning Peter. He's helping him assess his heart and restoring him. Jesus then is forgiving and resending Peter to do what he had already invited him to do way back in the beginning when he said that he was going to be a fisher of men. Now clearly Peter got confused and went back to fishing for fish. And so Jesus changes the pictures and he says, you're going to feed sheep and care for lambs. These are areas that Peter knew nothing about. It's an uncomfortable invitation for Peter and he would need more love and more dependency and more friendship with Jesus to do that. So who are the lambs? I think these are kids, young people, who are trying to follow Jesus and their faith. Who are the sheep? Older people, myself included. At least from 41, I'd be in that category. So sheep and kids, lambs. This is Jesus' new invitation for Peter, which was an old invitation. And Peter can only do it with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, which then would arrive in Pentecost. But here around the campfire, Peter is radically transformed. 
through his time in the context of food, community, and the outdoors. And again, what happened to him happens to thousands of kids in Canada every summer. That is, until this summer. Of our nine university camps, we are the only camp in Canada doing any ministry on site this summer, if we can do the day camps. And more than 80% of camps in Manitoba are completely cancelled. This is devastating stuff. As we officially moved to cancel camp today, there was a real heaviness for all of us. And yet, the scripture that I saw as I came in your door came back to me. See, I'm doing a new thing. Do not perceive it. I will make a way through the wilderness and provide streams in the desert. If you come to Circle Square Ranch, you'll see that we are in the wilderness. It's not like McGregor, but it's only 25 minutes from here. And it's a desert-like climate. We have sand everywhere. And yet, this is a place where kids regularly have met Jesus. Hundreds of first and second time commitments every summer. We've seen so many people transformed. And I find encouragement that Jesus met Peter in the daytime and not night. So it's not only at nighttime campfire chapel times that kids can be transformed, but also in the day. And we're praying that the new thing that we're doing this summer would be just as impactful. So I'd like to share a couple stories to finish, just to give you a sense that what happened to Peter still happens today in the context of camp. Our camp is a place that is identified as home by many of the campers and staff who come. We find people are really looking for a sense of home. In Manitoba, there are 11,000 children in foster care, 10,000 of whom are Indigenous. We see many of these campers at our camp. One of them was a teen camper named Flora. 2018, Flora came to camp between homes, not knowing where she was going to live next. Sadly, she was unable to make it through the week because of all the anxiety about where she was going next, and she had to leave early. 2019, she registered again and was a bit standoffish at first. At campfire, she sat back and would leave a little bit. We were nervous she might run away. But she soon began changing as she heard about Jesus' love. And each night at campfire, she came closer and closer to the front to hear what the speaker was saying. She began asking questions. She became engaged in her cabin devotionals. Her disposition changed. She began glowing with a sense of joy and peace. She encouraged other campers and asked good questions. And on the last day, she approached my wife, Danielle, to see if she could come back again for another week. She did, the very next week, and continued to be transformed as a follower of Jesus and a beloved daughter of God. When she left, she asked for an armful of Bibles to give to other people. Flora was radically transformed by Jesus as she met him at camp. Flora's story gives us so much hope for all kids that they can be transformed and find a sense of home. The second story is about a local camper named Braden. He went a free week of camp and came to Circle Square Ranch for the first time last summer. A few weeks before camp, a close family friend passed away. This was a very difficult time for Braden, and he didn't really want to go to camp because he was feeling so sad he wouldn't even go outside. But his parents encouraged him to, to give camp a try anyway. When he arrived, Braden said he felt welcomed right away. He belonged. And he said it was so easy making friends because everyone was having fun together. Braden's counselor was Dylan, a Mennonite with the same last name, who could speak low German and understood Braden's suggestion that we needed to put small thought on all the macaroni and cheese. 
Braden says, there are no coincidences, just God appointments. And that is why he thinks he got matched up with Dylan and was able to meet God at camp in such a way that the experience he was going through could be changed and transformed. One night at campfire, he said he experienced incredible peace through God's presence in prayer. And things were completely different for him after that. He said, little things matter. Every activity helped me. And when he went home, his parents said he was a different kid and he was full of joy and he had processed the hard thing he'd gone through. So I'm amazed that God would use the timing of Braden's uh, visit, match him with a counselor who he connected so well with, and use him to change his whole trajectory as a kid that summer. Braden, just like Flora, met Jesus around the campfire. So their stories remind us why camp is so important. And on this day of prayer for camp, would you pray with us that campers like them can have experiences again and be transformed? If you want more resources to how to pray, check out prayforcamp.ca. And we really need your prayers. These are desperate, desperate times for camp ministry. Uh, this has never happened before. We've never had to cancel overnight camp before. So would you pray for our staff team and the eight spring staff arriving next week who are coming with no pay to plan day camps and prepare the site? Would you pray for campers to be able to join in on day camps and some of the restrictions to be lifted safely? And those who are too far away to come, pray they connect through social media and our camp at home resources. We're doing online campfires and crafts and things that kids can do at home. And pray that we could work together in unity with churches and Valley View, just as I gathered here with the pastors from the churches and uh, the other directors from Valley View. Pray that that would continue to be something that happens as a result of this new thing God is doing. And pray for provision. We lost 40% of our annual revenue because of summer camp and our spring rentals being canceled. So this is really costly, along with the lost opportunity to share the gospel with kids. And pray that camp ministry can find a new way in the midst of COVID-19, and then in 2021, uh, we can somehow recover. We need your prayers. So thank you. I'm going to pray for you now. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for all the ways you were intentional with Peter and his transformation. And would you continue to transform us, the children, youth, and young adults in Manitoba, through your ways. And would you be speaking to your people, these people at McGregor EMC. Help them to know like Peter did, and Flora, and, and uh, Braden, your incredible love for them, and your invitation to help reach others in your name. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe and we live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, 
worthy of every breath we could ever breathe and we live for you we live for you holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me worthy of every song we could ever sing worthy praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe and we live for you Jesus the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, and we live for you. We live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up.
often you'll hear the line, we're in this together. I much prefer to do a Google search for The Blessing. It's a song done in many different languages. And it's based on this very old benediction from the Book of Numbers. So check out The Blessing. It's done in Zimbabwe. It's done in Canada and many other countries around the world. And it goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.
Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. 